A modern reading of the parable of the prodigal sons, Luke 15, 11, 32. In a distant world of cultural shifts and restless hearts, a certain man had two sons, one full of youthful fire, the other with years of steady toil. The younger son, bold and brash, pleaded to his father, Give me my share that I may venture forth and taste the fruits of life. And so, with a heavy heart, the father divided his living, and the son set forth into a far country, where revelry and extravagance became his chosen path. With reckless abandon, he squandered his riches in riotous living until famine struck, and he found himself broke and broken. In desperation, he sought solace in the company of strangers, and they sent him to be with swine in their fields. A lowly existence it was, for he would have gladly filled his belly with swine's husks, but none offered him aid. Alone in his destitution, he finally saw the error of his ways. How many servants in my father's house have plenty, while I perish with hunger? He vowed to return and plead for forgiveness, no longer worthy of sonship, but willing to be a hired servant. With newfound resolve, he journeyed back to his father's embrace. From afar, the father saw his son's haggard figure, and his heart was stirred with compassion. He ran to him, wrapped him in love, and kissed his tear-stained cheeks. Father, I have sinned against heaven and you, the son humbly confessed. I am not worthy to be called your son. But the father, called for the best robe, and adorned his son's hand with a ring, signifying his return to the fold. He set shoes upon his feet, and beckoned for the fatted calf to be killed. For his son who was lost had returned, and they began to rejoice. Meanwhile the elder son toiled in the fields, and the sounds of merriment reached his ears. Confused, he inquired about the cause of the celebration, only to be told that his brother, the prodigal one, had returned safely. Bitterness rose within him, and he refused to partake in the jubilant feast. His father, concerned, went to him and implored him to join in the rejoicing. Father, all these years I have faithfully served you, never straying from your commandments, the elder son lamented. Yet you never gave me a kid to make merry with my friends, and now, for the one who devoured your living in folly, you prepare a grand celebration. With a tender voice the father replied, My dear son, you are always with me, and all I have is yours. But it is fitting that we rejoice, for your brother was once lost, but now he is found. He was dead, and now he is alive again. The elder brother turned away, conflicted emotions churning within. His dutiful loyalty felt overlooked and unappreciated. Hadn't righteousness earned reward? Why would father celebrate the return of my brother, who was nothing but trouble? With heart heavy and the weight of comparison, he found no solace in the feast, resentment fueled by the thought that his efforts were deemed less than his least. In the shadows, he stood, pride and bitterness, his unwanted guests, as the celebration of grace unfolded, he wrestled with a soul distressed. He recalled the nights spent toiling, while his brother wandered astray, how he had stayed the course, obeyed, and never strayed away. In the fields, he sought approval, seeking to earn his father's praise. But in the light of his brother's return, he felt his efforts erased. I keep all the commandments, he mused. My path is straight and clear. Why then is grace necessary, when perfection is what I hold dear? 
I've toiled with unwavering devotion, in every law I abide. Grace seems a refuge for the weak, a shelter to those who've strayed aside. In the solitude of his thoughts, in the shadow of the feast, he wrestled with the notion of grace. Why was it freely offered to one who had squandered, while he who had been steadfast seemingly received no reward? His heart cried out, Why am I not praised for my years of unwavering devotion? His father's love, seemingly unconditional and boundless, beckoned him to embrace humility and acknowledge his own need for grace. Grace, not a reward for a checklist of deeds, but a balm for the human heart, which all, the wayward and the steadfast, require. With hesitant steps, the elder brother moved towards his father, trying to grasp at grace. Yet as he drew nearer, the weight of pride held him back, an invisible barrier he couldn't breach. He wrestled the conflicting emotions, torn between the allure of recognition and the whisper of humility. Somewhere within, a voice of irony questioned his own worthiness of love and acceptance. He felt inadequate, unworthy of the grace that seemed to embrace his younger brother so freely. The scars of self-doubt gnawed at his soul, a relentless reminder of his imperfections. He felt this way his whole life, but hid it. I don't deserve grace, the voice whispered, for I am not enough, not as I am. Reason waged war against this internal struggle, offering explanations and justifications for his self-perceived inadequacies. I've kept the commandments, all of them from my youth. I've tried and I've done what was asked of me. I've tried, I've tried. I've tried my hardest, my brother hasn't. In the midst of the celebration, the elder son stood within arm's reach of his father. Yet he hesitated. With a heavy heart he turned away, leaving the festival behind. Your grace is insufficient for me. This is the end of part one of this modern retelling of the parable of the prodigal sons. It is likely that we will continue the story and at some point create a part two, a sequel, but that really depends on whether there is enough interest. Here is a short summary of one interpretation of the meaning of this parable. In his profound book, The Prodigal God, Pastor Timothy Keller analyzes the famous parable, revealing that there are not just one but two lost sons. The younger son is the obvious prodigal, rebelling and leaving home for a distant land. But Keller insightfully sees that the elder brother is also alienated from the father's love, despite staying home and following all the rules. Keller explains how the elder brother mentality divides the world into us versus them. The moral churchgoers versus the problems out there. The younger brothers do the same, just with different categories. They see the open-minded as in, the bigoted as out. But Jesus reveals that it is the humble who are accepted by God and the proud who are rejected, regardless of outward obedience. The elder brothers follow moral laws not out of love, but as leverage to control God and put him in their debt. In the end, both sons are estranged from their father's grace. The father must actively go out and invite each back to his feast of love. The prodigal repents, but the elder brother self-righteously refuses. Jesus provocatively leaves him outside, challenging the judgmental Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. Through this parable, Jesus calls all of us to examine our own hearts to humbly receive the outrageous grace of God, not cling to pride or moral accomplishment. In short, 
Jesus is redefining everything we thought we knew about connecting to God. He is redefining sin, what it means to be lost, and what it means to be saved.